Um, this morning, we are, are stepping into our, our summer teaching series that we will be in through the rest of July, and we're calling this series Experiencing Jesus. Experiencing Jesus. You know, have you ever noticed um, how easy it is um, when something new or something fun or something good comes into your life? Have you ever noticed how easy it is to be fascinated on that one thing? And it's almost like this one thing good comes into your life and you forget about everything else that's going on in your life. Maybe you've noticed this with a hobby, like you get into running and then all you can talk about is running and your friends are like, dude, you gotta quit talking about running. Or you know, or you, or you have a baby and your first time baby and all you can talk about is this baby and your friends are like, you know, let's talk about something besides that sweet, I love your baby, but let's talk about something else. Or you know, the, the, these moments in life for me, it was in high school. Um, when I would uh, started dating this girl and, and, and I completely neglected all my friends. Like some of you, this is you, right? You don't know it's you and you're just now having the reality that this is what you've been doing and it's not okay, okay? And, uh, and, uh, and some of you, you're like, yeah, my friend needed to hear this, right? That, that, that so often these good things come into our lives and, and they completely consume us. It's like we forget about everything else that's going on in the world. You know, I was thinking about this season that we're in as a church family, and it's, it's super fun, in my opinion. Our, our church family from the cannery and our church family from Marathon coming together into this new season. We're becoming one church, and, and I don't know about you, but I'm super excited to be a part of a church family where the Lord is just leading us. And, and not really knowing what's next or, or, or the second step, but we just know God's doing something here and it's fun and it's exciting. I love getting to see so many of your faces that I've never seen before. I look forward to, to getting to know you and walking with you through life. And I was just thinking about how easy it would be for us to go four or five weeks, for us to get deep into the summer and for all of our thoughts to be about us and all of our energy and all of our resources and all of our time to be about us and, and navigating the new parking and, and figuring out where to sit and, and, and meeting new people. And, and none of those things are wrong. Those things are all good. But my point is, I don't want us to miss all the other good things that God is doing because we're just looking at this one new thing. And so this summer, what we're going to do is we're very intentionally going to lift our eyes as a church family on Jesus. It'd be so easy to, to, lift, to look at each other, to think about our church, and we go, man, we want to lift our eyes to the reason this church exists, the cornerstone of our church. We as a church family, we, we want to know Jesus. And, and, and the, the core of our church family is, is us knowing Jesus, that we can have great worship and we can have teaching and, and we can be known in the community as servant-hearted and generous and kind and genuine people. But if we don't know Jesus, we've missed it all. And so this summer, we're gonna fix our eyes on Jesus. For the summer, um, we're, we're going to, um, to be walking through different texts and we're really gonna be looking at the, the different aspects of who Jesus is his personality, his, his thoughts, his heart. We want to look at the 360 view of, of who he is, knowing Jesus. Um, I love what, what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2. This is where we're going to begin today. And today, my goal is to really just give us the runway for where we're going to go the rest of the summer. And so, you know, some weeks we'll just pick one passage and we'll just go deep in that passage, unpacking it, explaining it today. I want to just go more broadly and just kind of set the, the trajectory of where we're going. And so I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2. 
Verse two, he says, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul, arguably one of the most important, influential Christian leaders of all time behind Jesus, this man who wrote nearly half of the New Testament, this man who had a major trajectory change of his life. He went from despising Christians, hating them, thinking they were foolish and ridiculous to becoming a Christ follower himself. This apostle, we travel all over the ancient world, starting churches and and telling people about the realness of who Jesus is, that he's not some idea or some philosophy or some concept, but that he is a real man that lives in heaven who really will return to this earth that we will see with our real eyes. And he gave his life to helping people know this Jesus. And so he writes this letter to the church in Corinth and he's sitting down and he's thinking about his time that he spent with them as he helped lead this church family. And I love what he writes. He says, "While while I was with you, I resolved to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him, and him crucified. He doesn't say I was resolved to, to teach Jesus or to model Jesus, though he does both of those things. What he says is I was resolved to know Jesus. He said, I want to know Christ. And this is beautiful. This is so important for us that, that, that Paul, you could just imagine him, him going, man, why would Jesus spend so much, who I spent so much of my life working against, working to, to crush the movement of, of Christianity, this one that I've been running from and slandering, why would this Jesus want me and appear to me and and speak to my heart. Why in the world would he choose me? Why would this man who I've despised so long die for me? He says, I don't know, but I want to know this. I want to know the, the man who would die for me. It's this same Jesus who beckons each of us to come and to know him, to know Jesus. At night before bed, one of the things that I do, we have, um, we have four little kids at home right now, and my job at, is, is bedtime. And so my wife has been on kid duty all day. She tags me in the ring. She's like, you get in there, I'm out. And, and so I, part of my bedtime routine with the kids is I you know, read books, and then we read the scriptures together. We pray. And one of the things that I've, I've noticed in my kids as they're reading through the Bible is I'll, I'll read a story in the Gospels, you know, and about Jesus. And my kids will say this so often, Dad, I already know this story. <laughs> and what they're saying is, Dad, I've heard this story before. What they're saying is, Dad, I, I know all these details. Like I could tell you verbatim the story. What they're saying is, Dad, tell me a story I haven't heard. I'm bored. <laughs> and I just look at my kids and I say, there's so much more, guys. You, you know the facts of the story, but there's so much about Jesus buried in this, that I've read these stories, I know these stories, but every time I read it, there's something new. And so this summer, as we really look at Jesus, and some of you guys are going, I know the story, let's talk about something else. I go, will you open your heart? You know, there's, there's, there's many different layers of knowing. There's, there's knowing facts about someone, but knowing facts about someone is way different than being a friend with someone. You can know facts about me. 
can know truths about me. You can know that I'm married to Courtney. You can know that I have little kids at home. You can know that I, I'm from small town Kentucky, that I love Kentucky basketball, that, that I love being outside. You can know facts about me. But just because you know facts about me doesn't mean that you're my friend. You know, a friend, think about this. Your friends know you. You know, you might know facts about me, but do you know what makes me cry? Do you know what I enjoy doing? What I like to read, what I like to eat, what I like to drink, what I'm passionate about? What, what pain is in my heart? What pain is in my past? What my strengths, what my weaknesses are? Um, how I respond under stress, when I'm tired, when I'm annoyed, when I'm anxious to know the, the love that I feel towards my wife and my kids and my coworkers and my church family and my friends and to know the complete disdain that I have for Duke basketball and pickles and any food that pickles touch. Seriously, they're disgusting. It's a, it's a whole different way of knowing. And I go, man, think about this. Do, do we want to know facts about Jesus? <clears throat> or do we want to know Jesus like a friend? So this summer, we're going to study Jesus. We're going we're gonna to look closely. We're going to gaze at his life. We're going to become familiar with his thoughts, with his interactions, with his personality. We're going to look at what makes Jesus sad. Do you know what makes Jesus sad? Like, Really? You can read a story about Jesus being sad, but have you internalized it? Do you look at something in the world and you go, Jesus is sad about that? Do you know what, what thrills the heart of Jesus? Do you know what stirs his heart towards compassion? Do you know what makes him angry? Do you know what frustrates Jesus? Because Jesus is a person, a living being in heaven. He has all of these feelings, emotions. Do you know what Jesus' plans are? What he is going to do? Do you know Jesus? And for the summer, if we will open our heart, and if, if we will lay aside skepticism, or if we'll lay aside, you know, having it all figured out, there's more of Jesus for you. Even if you're a friend of Jesus, you, you know these, there's more of him. I was resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So we're gonna study Jesus and I'm excited. You excited? Yeah, it's gonna be fun to look in depth at him for the purpose of becoming like him. Man, this world needs more Jesus. They need more people who, who don't just know facts about him. They've got enough of that. This world needs people who know him and who live like him. That's our heart this summer. So we're going to look at him, we're going to study him, and we're going to do this for a lot of reasons, but two I want to share today as we just kind of lay the runway for where we're going this summer. The first reason is that we're studying Jesus is because Jesus wants us to know him. Do you believe that? He doesn't just want us to know facts about him. He doesn't just want us to come and sit in a chair and give some money in the give boxes on the way out. He wants us to know him. My sophomore year of college, served on a freshman orientation team at the school I went to. And the whole purpose was to help 
incoming freshmen get acclimated to campus life and what, um, what it was like to, to leave mom and dad and to move into this new space. And so and one of the things that we did is every Tuesday night, we would have a meeting, a preparation meeting. And I remember um, this one Tuesday night in particular, because every meeting we would begin by opening the scripture and someone would, would share a few words and we would pray. And I remember there was this really amazing girl that, that shared this one night. And she and I had been friends for a long time, but, but there was something about that night that my eyes were opened up to her, that I saw a depth in her heart, that she wasn't just beautiful, she was that. It, she wasn't just funny, she was that, but there was a deep love for the Lord in her heart. And that's what I wanted. So all summer, you know, I just kind of had my eye on her. She's older than me, out of my league, right? And so, and uh, all, all summer, I'm just, I'm just kind of watching from a distance. And, at the end of the summer, we had this event that we called Shady Hawkins. And, and Shady Hawkins, the way that it worked is that one of our friends' parents lived in Columbia. They had this swimming pool. They had this big lake. And our whole team would go out there and we'd just play all day, play kickball and swim. And, and, and so the girl, a girl from the team would ask a guy from the team. And so Courtney, girl I was interested in, asked another guy on the team. <clears throat> he said yes and Something happened with him I can't talk about. He might have got a broken leg. I'm just kidding, no. So something happened. He couldn't end up going. And, and so she came and asked me. And I'm just telling you guys, if you were to ask me, are you ashamed that you're the backup? And I would ask you, is Tom Brady ashamed that he was the backup? That, that the, when given opportunities, backups rise to the occasion. And that's what I did. And so that, you know, even though I was her second choice, you know, I became her first choice. And so, you know, what, what, I, what I look back on that moment and think about, it's like, man, when, when someone who is just like better than you in every way shows interest in you, you step in. You step in. And I was thinking about this series that, that we're in, that, that, that the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who was there in the very beginning, who walked with Adam and Eve, he's been through and seen everything that has ever happened, all the good things in human history and all the tragic things in human history, that, that he knows every person by name. Do you understand that? That the God of the universe, we can't even comprehend this, but he knows your name and he knows the people in China and he knows people in India, he knows the people in Iran, he knows every person by name. He knows your thoughts, he knows your motives. This God who sent his son Jesus to be crucified on a Roman cross to pour out his wrath on his son so that he wouldn't have to pour it out on us because of our rebellion, because of our walking away from God. This God looks at us and he says, I want you to know me. And so we come here today and we go, man, do we actually know this God? Do we know him? You're like, how do you know that he wants us to know. Well, listen to some of these passages of scripture. I love Mark 3, verse 14, when Jesus was starting his earthly ministry. It says that he appointed 12, listen to this, that they might be with him. I love that. Jesus could have done things however he wanted, but he understood, man, he wanted to be around people. That they might be with him. I love Matthew 11. Jesus says this. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. He doesn't say all who have it figured out, who are killing it at life, who've got all the answers. No, those who are tired and worn out, come to me. He says, take my yoke upon you. That idea of a yoke is his, his teaching, his way of life. He says, take my way of life upon you and learn from me. I love that it's personal. 
It's relational. John 17, verse three, Jesus prays this. This is eternal life, that they know you. The only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Not just know facts about you, but that they know you. John 15, 15, I love this. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. No, I've called you friends. For everything I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. I, I love this. The God of the universe, Jesus wants us to know him. And so we're studying him because it's a desire in his heart. He's, he's beckoning us to him. But the second reason that we're, we're studying this, we're, we're looking at Jesus, and this is a little bit heavier. It's a lot heavier. Um, we're studying this because, number two, Jesus warns us what happens if we don't know him. One of the things that I appreciate so much about Jesus is Jesus is abundantly clear. He's explicit. He's upfront about his expectations and his desires for us. And he's also very clear and upfront about the consequences for rejecting him. I love this about Jesus. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. You think about it like this, and we could do this in a lot of different aspects of life, but just think about your work for a minute. If your direct report, whoever it is that you answer to, lays out clearly what they desire for you to do, even if it's a lot, even if, even if they come to you and say, this is a mountain that I have for you to climb, you're like, oh my goodness, I couldn't do that in the next six months. That is better, so much better then your boss not telling you the expectations, you doing it wrong, and then you getting in trouble for doing it. Amen? This, this year, in February, we were reading through the Sermon on the Mount in our season of prayer and fasting. We were really just chewing on the Sermon on the Mount, the words of Jesus, and we came to this passage in Matthew chapter seven that I have read my whole life. You know, I, I, I knew this, it's facts, but there was something that God has been stirring the past couple years as I've come to Matthew chapter seven. Listen to these words. This is what Jesus says. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Whoa. Let that sink in for a minute. It's sobering. And in, in the Christian South, man, it's so easy to, to go, man, I'm doing good things for God. I, I go to church and I'm in a house church and, and I give and I serve on a kid's team and and Jesus says, man, it's very possible that you, you spend your life doing so many good things, prophesying, driving out demons. I mean, come on. He says, there'll be people who spend their whole life working for God and they'll get to the very end and he'll say, I never knew you. That's a, that's a sobering passage. And that shouldn't scare us. Okay, it's not supposed to, 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 to make us scared, but I hope what it does communicate is the seriousness of us actually knowing God and not just going through the motions. 
You know, Jesus is, is not um, throwing a fit. This is not him manipulating. This is not him going, hey, you don't want to be my friend? Then I'm just going to pout. This is not him being petty. No. Jesus understands that if he is not at the very center of our lives, if, if he is not the reason for our living, then our whole understanding of the purpose of life is off. I mean, if Jesus, knowing him, living for him, is not the bullseye, if Christ is not our savior and our Lord and our friend, we've missed something. And he doesn't want us to spend our whole lives going through the motions, keeping up an external appearance, making people think that we're good with God, only to get to the very end of our life and not actually know him. He doesn't want us to play dress up and, and, and to pretend our whole life. He wants us to invest our life in the thing that will actually bring us the most joy. And, and, and most, listen to this, most pleasure and most fulfillment. And that is him. It's knowing him. Raise your hand if you watched the Kentucky Derby yesterday. It's about the same at the night. I'm honestly very just shocked by that. I thought more people would watch it, but clearly you guys have better things to do than watch horses and walk around the track. So good for you guys. Maybe I need to get a life like this. That's my takeaway from this morning. Um, you know, we were watching the Kentucky Derby yesterday and you know, maybe next year watch it. It's two minutes. So not, not a big time commitment, guys. Two minutes. And, you know, you, I was watching this, this race and you get to the, literally it's a two minute race and you get to the end of it. And, and I was just thinking about, man, you invest the owners of these horses and, and the trainers, they invest all of this time and all of this energy and all of this money into this two minute race. And, and if you're a horse racing person, you're like, Brandon, it's so much more than that. I get you. We'll talk later. But really for, for two minutes, right? And and you think about this, like to, to invest so much and it's, it's awesome if you win, right? Like how wonderful if you win, if you're the, the one horse that gets the roses and, and, and your name is etched on the, the, the at Churchill Downs for the rest of history and, and you've got all this fame, you've got all this fortune. Man, but, but for those that didn't, think about those that, that lost yesterday, specifically the ones that came in last and didn't walk away with money, <laughs> You just imagine them going, man, what have I invested so much in? I invested so much into winning this thing that I didn't actually win. You ever done that in life? Where, where, where maybe the grace of God has been on your life where you've just invested something. You've invested years, you've invested time and money and resource and, it's, and, and what you've realized is that, man, that there's nothing ultimately there. It's unsatisfying. I'm not telling us that there aren't meaningful things in this life. No, do things and do things well and do things for the glory of God. Remember, when you're trying to build your life and draw your worth and draw meaning when the bullseye of your life is on anything other than knowing Jesus, you've missed it. And this summer, our hope is that as we lift our eyes and we see and we know Jesus like we've never known him before, 
that we walked through this summer and man, we have a blast paddleboarding on the lake. And, you know, we have a blast camping with your friends. We have a blast just being outside, enjoying the warm weather. And that this summer we, we notice, man, my heart is coming more alive for Jesus than it ever has before. Here in a minute, we're going to take just a few minutes. We're going to throw a slide up. I'm just going to give us a, a couple of minutes just for some personal, quiet reflection and prayer time. Give me a few questions thrown up on the screen. You know, what do you love about Jesus? And what do you want to know about Jesus more? And I encourage you to really think through those questions. But I want to speak, if, if you come here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, and, and you go, man, I, I want to know Jesus, but I don't know. I don't even know where to begin. What does that look like? And I want to encourage you to take a couple steps, you know, to, to start reading the scriptures. If you've never read the Bible before, take one of our Bibles home from one of these tables, open to the book of Mark, you know, and just start reading. Pull out a a, a journal, some piece of paper, and just start taking notes of of things that you notice about Jesus. What does he do? What does he say? What irritates him? What frustrates him? What is is it about Jesus that you like, that, 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 that you find yourself being drawn towards him? What are things that Jesus says and does that finds you being repulsed from him? Just open up the scriptures. If you want to know Jesus, the best way to begin knowing him is by reading about him. Second thing, if you want to know Jesus, I encourage you to start praying. And maybe you're like, I don't even know how to start praying. Well, there's no formula for it. I encourage you to, you know, at, at night, before bed or in the morning, close your eyes and just start telling God, God, I want to know you. And maybe you, 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 you know God already. And you go, man, I want to start praying that prayer. You can pray that prayer. God, I want to know you more. Start praying for, for people in your life. You don't know how to pray, man. A good place to start is intercession. Start praying for people in your life that are hurting, that are sad, that are down. Start praying and start paying attention to see if any of those prayers start getting answered. Okay, start, start in the scripture. Start praying here in just a minute, we're going to um, take communion. And if during communion, you go, man, I really would love to talk to someone about what it looks like to know Jesus. And we're going to have some men and women at the respond banner, the red banners to my left. would love to talk with you to process. But before we take communion, I want to give us a, a minute or two just to wrestle with these questions. And so uh, we're going to, Tom's going to come back up and just play some music. And I encourage you to read these questions and to pray, to really just wrestle with the Lord, God. What do you love about Jesus? What do you want to know about Jesus? And then after a few minutes, I'll get back up and I will send us to get communion. And so let's take a minute or two, quietly, privately, pray, think about these questions. And I'll call us back in in a minute. I want to pray for us and then I'm going to, Invite us to go get communion. And when you grab communion, get a piece of bread, cup of juice, and come back. And I invite you to, to process with the people around you that as you're eating the bread and drinking the cup that you're sharing. I mean, this is what I love about Jesus. And you'd pray for each other. And if you're struggling right now, tell the person beside you. Let them pray for you. And so let's pray. So God, thank you. Thanks for this morning. Thanks for these people. Thanks for what you're doing in this space. Lord, keep moving among us. So you eat the bread and drink the cup as we remember you, Jesus. Will you please reveal yourself to us, reveal your heart to us, reveal your your plans. God, help us to, to see your face, to feel your presence. God, help us to be people that live just like you.
And we need you, God. Thank you for your patience with us and your kindness and your faithfulness, your gentleness. Thank you for the way that you correct us and you discipline us because you care about us actually being your kids. Thank you that you, you're holy, that through, G, through Jesus we are holy. And we long for you. We long for, for the day that you come and restore all things. Yeah, Jesus, we get to see you face to face, the one who died for us. We resolve to know nothing this summer. But Jesus Christ and him crucified. May that be true of us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Invite us to stand. You can go get communion any table around the room, the bar. There'll be some men and women at the respond banner if you want to pray. We'd love to pray with you. Help you out however we can.